Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Greetings to those who watch below. It's Friday, which means it's time for yet another stop on our paranormal tour of the US, and today we're heading down to New Mexico. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every single video. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, Tasos Keramaris, LT Punisher 666, and Wicked Witch. If you'd like to support the channel, you can do so by hitting that subscribe button and pressing the notification bell so that you don't miss a video. Also, you can find me on Instagram at brimstone underscore below, and on Facebook at the Brimstone Below Horror Channel. Also, I'm on the creepypasta.com website where I curate all those terrifying stories. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Shadow Man in Doorway by Valdez85 I come from a very small town called Jal, New Mexico, where my home is located kind of on the outskirts of town. I have to explain first of all for this story that me and my sister would always sleep in the same room, although we each had our own rooms. During the summer, we would always sleep in her room, due to her room having all the windows and the room is cooler. In the winter, we would sleep in my room, because it was located right in the middle of the house, and had no windows, so tended to stay warmer. My room was the only one in the house that did not have a door. Well, growing up, I would always try and scare my sister when she would get on my nerves, and tell her that if she didn't listen to me, that the man was going to come in the middle of the night to scare her. One night after telling her this, the scare was on me. I couldn't sleep that night. I kept tossing and turning, and when I looked up at where my bedroom door should be, I saw a shadow of a man just standing there. The figure, although it was very dark, seemed to be that of a man. It was tall and wide. I had the sensation that he was just staring at me but I couldn't see his face. It never tried to harm me, but the sensation I got from the shadow was still very creepy, to say the least. I was too scared to try and figure out what this shadow was. All I remember doing is getting under my covers, too scared to look up again. Seeing this shadow happened to me on several occasions. I remember I would go to bed, not being able to sleep, and there was the shadow once again. I was too scared and embarrassed to tell anyone, because I didn't think anyone would believe me. One day, however, my little sister told me that she wanted to talk to me 
and tell me something, but was afraid that I would not believe her. Keep in mind that I have never told her anything about what I have encountered. My sister proceeded to tell me that she had to tell someone regardless. She told me she hated to sleep in my room, because at night, sometimes where my door should be, she would see a shadow, a shadow of a man, standing there. I was shocked and relieved all at the same time when she told me this. I then told her of the times that I had also seen the shadow. To this day, I will not sleep in my old room. I have also since then made my dad put up a door in that room. We never did figure out what it was or why we saw that shadow. Lamalahora Lamalahora means the evil hour or the evil one. It is also known as Lamalora, Lamaloga, or the evildoer. Lamalahora is said to be a wicked spirit or an evil demon that wanders the lonely country roads after midnight and terrorizes those who travel alone. It usually lurks in the darkness at a crossroads, waiting for an unwary traveler to cross its path. According to some, it is more feared than the devil. It first appears as a large black lump, constantly moving and changing shape. It can also change size rapidly, growing larger or smaller. They say it looks like a ghostly black shroud or a large black cotton ball. Anyone who is unfortunate enough to set eyes on this demon runs the risk of being driven insane. It tries to hypnotize and paralyze anyone who happens to encounter it at night. When it attacks, it suddenly rushes toward the unwary, envelops him and suffocates him. The following morning, the poor wretch is found dead at the side of the road. At other times, it transforms into a wicked woman, a female personification of evil. She appears wearing black clothing, her hair long and unkempt. She is like a spirit or wind, floating along without touching the ground with her feet. People in New Mexico say that she seldom appears in human form, but when she does, it is considered to be a death omen. If you encounter her at a crossroads, it usually means that you or somebody you know is going to die. When pressed for more detailed information about this demon, the people of New Mexico will refuse to talk about it and just reply, it is an evil thing. Something in our old apartment by Sindel We were living in a low-income apartment complex in Aztec, New Mexico that was built sometime in the late 60s, early 70s when these events took place. I have attempted to get information on the complex itself only to hear a number of different possibilities of why the apartments have their issues. We recently moved out of the apartment for a number of other reasons. To give a bit of history on the events themselves, my children and I were there for about six years. My fiancé moved in during our last three years here, and my daughter was born our second year living in the apartment. There have been a number of things that have happened there that I won't go into at the moment. This story is a bit of why I felt we were being haunted there. Our apartment wasn't a very big apartment, it was only two bedrooms and one bathroom. 
a decent sized living room, kitchen slash dining room, and the front door. The bedrooms, bathroom and front door were down a short hallway from the living room and kitchen slash dining room. To explain what I meant by short, the hallway was only maybe 20 feet long, if that. The same hallway is where the following events took place. Paige, my daughter, was only maybe two years old at the time and had a somewhat decent vocabulary, enough that my fiancé and three older boys and I could get the gist of what she was saying while others still had difficulties understanding her. Bedtime in our house for the kids is always 8.30pm on school nights and 9.30 on weekends, so that as adults have some peace and quiet on occasion and get to relax for a few before we head off to bed as well. Nightly, Paige could be heard saying, Do away, or Weave me alone, which Clinton and I first thought was her brother's picking on her. When we'd head down the hallway to go check on them and make the picking stop, we thought they'd hear us and pretend to be asleep. So we stealthed down the hall, with the living room lights turned down low, so we wouldn't have the shadows ahead of us for the kids to see. We would get to their bedroom, and the boys would all be out cold, so to speak, leaving Paige the only one awake. Clinton would tell her to go to sleep, and she would say things like, The boy is talking too loud, or the bad thing won't go away, in a toddler-like way, of course, along with a few other things. Clinton didn't know what to make of it, so he would send me into the room, unless I was already in there with him, and he would just kiss her goodnight again and leave the room so I could handle it. My way of handling it was to say out loud and as nicely as I could, please leave my little one alone, she doesn't know why you're here because she is too young to understand and you're scaring her. Usually she would tell me they weft, but every now and then she'd tell me they said no, so I would have to get a little more demanding and say, if you refuse to leave and continue to scare her, I will be forced to make you leave, and I don't want to make you mad either, so please, just go. And Paige would tell me they laughed. Clinton and I talked about it a few times on his terms, and he thought it was just her imagination, which I did and still do agree that it is possible that that's what it could have been, at first. Every now and then, Clinton and I would also get the feeling that something or someone was in the hallway, and whatever or whoever it was, wasn't good. There were many nights where one or both of us would be walking down the hallway, get that feeling, and then take off at a dead run for our room, and dive into our bed as we shut the door behind us. Clinton still tends to say that he doesn't know why he would get those feelings, or if it was even what I think it was, as he has never had experiences before he met me. It's not that he doesn't believe, it is just that he never had things happen to him before. If I remember rightly, it was January or February of 2007 at about 10pm. Clinton and I were sitting in the living room watching TV, and we hadn't heard a single sound out of the kids' room for at least an hour. When, all of a sudden, here comes Paige with one of those plastic tube whistles down the hallway, right underneath our smoke detector, and she's yelling, Do away, you stupid ting, while waving the whistle in the air above her head, as if to beat up whatever was there. I went and got her and asked her what was going on, 
and she told me it was a scary thing that had been yelling at her, and it made her mad. I handled it the same way I always did, but added a bit of her protection afterwards, with a chant a very good friend of mine gave me. Clinton couldn't chalk it up to imagination after that. He told me, I think you're right, baby. I think we do have a ghost or something in here with us, and asked me to call my friend Jess to come over and see what she thought about it. Jess was more than happy to come by and listen to what we had to say, and she did a smudging on the apartment for us, so nothing bad could get in, but the good could stay. She is more practiced than I am, and has better grounding abilities than I do, so whenever something like this needs to be done, and done right, I call Jess. She has been my saviour in many things over the last 14 years, since I don't claim to be anything more than a student or an apprentice because of past mistakes. La Llorona The legend of La Llorona, Spanish for the Weeping Woman, has been a part of Hispanic culture in the Southwest since the days of the Conquistadors. The tall, thin spirit is said to be blessed with natural beauty and long, flowing black hair. She wears a white gown and roams the rivers and creeks, wailing into the night and searching for children to drag, screaming to a watery grave. No one really knows where the legend of La Llorona began or from where it originated. Though the tales vary from source to source, the common thread is that she is the spirit of a doomed mother who drowned her children and spends eternity searching for them in rivers and lakes. One legend says that La Llorona was a caring woman full of life and love who married a wealthy man who lavished her with gifts and attention. However, after she bore him two sons, he began to change, returning to a life of womanizing and alcohol, often leaving her for months at a time. He seemingly no longer cared for the beautiful Maria, even talking about leaving her to marry a woman of his own wealthy class. When he did return home, it was only to visit his children, and the devastated Maria began to feel resentment toward the boys. One evening, as Maria was strolling with her two children on a shady pathway near the river, her husband came by in a carriage with an elegant lady beside him. He stopped and spoke to his children, but ignored Maria, and then drove the carriage down the road without looking back. After seeing this, Maria went into a terrible rage, and turning against her children, she seized them and threw them into the river. As they disappeared downstream, she realised what she had done and ran down the bank to save them, but it was too late. Maria broke down into inconsolable grief, running down the streets, screaming and wailing. The beautiful La Llorona mourned them day and night. During this time, she would not eat, and walked along the river in her white gown, searching for her boys, hoping they would come back to her. She cried endlessly as she roamed the riverbanks and her gown became soiled and torn. When she refused to eat, she grew thinner and appeared taller until she looked like a walking skeleton. Still a young woman, she finally died on the banks of the river. Not long after her death, her restless spirit began to appear, walking the banks of the Santa Fe River when darkness fell. Her weeping and wailing 
became a curse of the night, and people began to be afraid to go out after dark. She was said to have been seen drifting between the trees along the shoreline, or floating on the current with her long white gown spread out upon the waters. On many a dark night, people would see her walking along the riverbank and crying for her children. And so, they no longer spoke of her as Maria, but rather, Lagarona, the weeping woman. Children are warned not to go out in the dark, for Lagarona might snatch them, throwing them to their deaths in the flowing waters. Though the legends vary, the apparition is said to act without hesitation or mercy. The tales of her cruelty depend on the version you hear. Some say that she kills indiscriminately, taking men, women and children, whoever is foolish enough to get close enough to her. Others say that she is very barbaric and kills only children, dragging them screaming to a watery grave. When Patricio Lugan was a boy, he and his family saw her on a creek between Mora and Guadalupita, New Mexico. As the family was sitting outside talking, they saw a tall, thin woman walking along the creek. Then she seemed to float over the water, started up the hill, and vanished. However, just moments later, she reappeared much closer to them, and then disappeared again. The family looked for footprints, and finding none, did not doubt that the woman they had just seen was La Llorona. She has been seen along many rivers across the entire southwest, and the legend has become part of Hispanic culture everywhere. Part of the legend is that those who do not treat their families well will see her, and she will teach them a lesson. Hide and Seek by Watona 9 This event happened to me when I was about four years of age. When I was little and only had one dog at the time, one of my parents would take him on a walk, and the other would stay home and play hide and seek with me. It was so I wouldn't get bored, and because the dog would always give away our hiding places. One night, in the late fall or early summer, at about nine o'clock, my dad was walking our dog, and my mum was home playing hide and seek with me. After about four rounds, I was the one seeking. I counted ten in the living room, facing the fireplace. It was only ten, because I couldn't count very high at that age. I searched most of the house, which was very small, only one story and not too complicated, and when I couldn't find my mum, I decided to start from the beginning. I started at the fireplace and checked behind the chair which was right next to it. I was about to give up when I turned around and looked into the entryway. The living room is right across from our entryway, and it connects a short hallway and the kitchen as well. I turned around a bit and saw what looked like a 3D shadow, grey and black, silently, very silently, run from the hallway and into the kitchen. Me being only four at the time thought that it was my mother. I followed it into the kitchen and looked around there in the dining room, but couldn't find my mother. Even though two of our hide-and-seek rules were never change places unless you want to be found, and never hide in the garage or outside, I checked the garage. I never found her there, so I gave up. She called me from her room, where she was hiding behind the bed. The problem with this is 
that my parents' room is on the complete other side of the house that I saw the shadow running toward. I said, Mom, I saw you run from the hall. And she replied, saying that she was there all along. Now, you're probably saying that it was probably my shadow. I wasn't running at the time. I was turning. The shadow was also way too tall to be mine. Could my mum have been lying? I never heard any footsteps. Also, isn't it a bit strange that I saw it run into the kitchen, saw nothing exit through the dining room into the garage, and heard nothing open? At that point in my life, I didn't understand the concept of a ghost, so I never had a thought that it wasn't my mum. I was starting to suspect that it was something else a few years after. Then, I knew. I finally told my mum what I had seen that night, when I told her I was eleven. She looked at me like she believed everything. Then she told me. She told me that before I was born, my dad came home from work on two occasions very upset. Both those times, my mum had looked into the entryway and seen two shadow-like figures side by side. One was tall and one was short. She told me that she believes that they are guardian spirits, looking out for him in his time of need, trying to calm him down. I remember that that night he had come home angry from being sprayed by a skunk. I believe I saw the tall figure that night. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you want more of the paranormal tour, go check out the playlist that'll be up on the screen in a moment. Also, make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. So, until next time, sleep tight. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279, or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.